You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just Tip Off, the NBA podcast that is officially listed at 6-4 and 3 quarters. Well, aren't we impressed? Uh, down from the Mason, like, what, Mason, seven foot four we were listening at before. <laughs> Mason, would you start bringing down our average? Honestly, though, it's, it's six, two and a half on a good day. No, it's more like one seven five. But uh, on two and a half on a good day, he's measuring millimeters. It, it, it's Jersey night again tonight. We got Mason in his throwback Houston Rocket Russell Westbrook jersey. I'm wearing my 2005 game warm autograph Steve Nash Phoenix Suns jersey. And Nathan, what are you wearing? I got a special one out today. You know, just just for my UD alum, I'm wearing Charlotte Hornets Brian Roberts signed game worn jersey right here. Oh, Ooh, love who to knows see that it. name. Dude, you love cracked to out of the case. See it. Jeez, it's gotta be worth something. <laughs> had to had to get some dust off the top of that case. I'll tell you. Well, we're bringing it out. We're rounding out. You you brought it out for a special occasion. We're rounding out with probably one of the premier divisions in the National Basketball Association. That's why we saved it for last. The best division. around. No one's gonna ever bring you down. Nailed it. But the probably the uh, the top notch. I mean, all but one of these teams missed the playoffs last year. <laughs> hey, I think they got two playoff teams in them next year. Maybe even Possibly. three. So we're we're talking about. The one, the only Southeast Conference. The Magic, the Hornets, the Heat, the Wizards, and the Hawks. Which I'm curious, which three do you think are going to possibly make the playoffs? Um, well, Magic so Heat. I, I think Magic Heat and then the Hawks, if they defy expectations, could maybe get in because they have a lot of uh, pieces up in the air, but I would not put any money on the Hawks making it. I wouldn't put money on two teams making it. Uh, I, I think the Heat and Magic will both make it. I, but, okay, but uh, we can all agree, pour one out for the Hornets. It's going to be a rough season. Hey, you know what the Hornets did? The Hornets, now that the Knicks and the Suns are looking a little bit better than last year, the Hornets made the race to the bottom with Cleveland a little bit more competitive. Also, if you have to say that the Knicks are improving compared to your team, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, Yeah. We'll get wait, wait, wait. You don't guys. Think, you don't think Terry Rozier is going to score thirty a game? I was just MVP? about to say no. they're going to increase his minutes. No. I don't know if they're going to increase no. his shooting right. percentage. Guys, we'll the see. Hornets might do the trifecta: thirtieth ranked in offense, thirtieth ranked in defense, thirtieth ranked twenty ninth overall, thirtieth ranked in net rating. I that's a stat right there. They might do it. I have faith. <laughs> I really truly believe in my heart of hearts. The only thing they got for them is they have a have a few veterans like right. Batum and Zeller. And that's about guys, it. guys, we're get, we're getting too ahead of ourselves. Let's start from the bottom. The Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks. Can we trust them? <laughs> can they, can they Honestly, though, can we fucking trust them? Like, you know what their whole game plan is? Where's the trigger? Young and shoot threes. Yeah. Young and shoot threes. And that is know, the game Jim, plan. Jim, the, I wish I could say it's a bad one, but like. It might work for them. And also, also, how dare we call them young? One, this is a team with Vince motherfucking Carter on it. Now bringing the You're age. Right. You're right. It brings average, the, it brings our oh. average up from 17 to 19. Right. So Eight. we got the Hawks, 29 and 53 last year. Um, let's go through the notable additions and uh, notable additions. So they drafted DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, and Bruno Fernando. They traded to get Alan Crabb. Um, they traded to get Evan Turner in that deal. Then they lost Kent Bazemore. They pretty much just took Chandler Parsons for 
Cash, Josh McRoberts, and one other player. There. And then they uh, they also signed Jabari Parker, who's oh. still looking to that's get back to his Duke days. So li- listen, Jabari Parker is one of those people that if you're in a position like the Hawks, you're like, hey, like we're they put him on a I think it was a three year deal with a team option on the third. So it's really a two year deal, and then if he's good, you lock him in for cheap, right? Yeah. And, um, I like the idea. He fits what they're going for, right? The ideal version of Jabari Parker fits what they're going for. Jabari Parker doesn't fit what everyone's going for. But if Jabari <laughs> I mean, Parker, an, ide- can, an ideal ideal Jabari Parker also would look really nice on the Bucks, right? But Jabari Parker, well, but the Bucks need to win now, and they can't waste a roster space on it. The Hawks don't, and, which is why they got Chandler Parsons. Yeah, because like we'll just take your shit. <laughs> yeah, and so because if, we don't, we're not going to be good for another couple if, of years. If Jabari Parker like can turn into what the draft report of Jabari Parker was supposed to be, then I believe that Jabari Parker is a great fit for this team. But, I mean, that's a big but. That's a big if, right? Like, no one has any idea what Jabari Parker is going to be. He's yet to be anything, right? It's, I, I don't trust it. I, he's been... I do think they overpaid a little bit. Can you look up what the contract was? I remember hearing him be like, really, that much? Was there, was there a lot of competing offers? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's he signed a two-year, thirteen million dollar with the Hawks. Okay. So six and a half a year. I I don't that's think I, I don't think right. that's bad. Then that's about right because of his ceiling. Yeah. If he if he can you know be a fifteen point seven rebound guy for you off the bench, then that's that's worth. Six and a half million a year. I would agree. He, he, they're, they're not locked in except for, what, five players past next two seasons. That's DeAndre Hunter. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. Their rookie draft pick? Yeah. Yeah, DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter. Hunter, yeah. Um, Probably Trey Young. John Collins. Cam Reddish. Kevin Huter. Kevin Huter. And yeah. uh, Bruno John Fernando. Fernando. Yeah. That's right. John Collins is coming up on his contract, and I expect the Hawks will. They got two seasons. We'll give him. We'll give him. Uh, it, it, no, I, he's young. How, I would definitely. He's young. Oh, they're going to pay him. The Mid-level. question is how much. You know, he could drastically improve over his two years. I don't know if he's going to get to where you might be even thinking like Max. That I think that's a little much right now for him. But you know, I, two I years. I have it written down a Max for a rookie. Or coming off your rookie contract is... Well, it all depends on who you are. Think about Carl Anthony Towns' extension. Yeah, but there's a, certain, there's a certain max that you're allowed to get. Well, we, we, we'll, guys, we're not talking about Carl Anthony Towns. No, we just, he's just talking about ro- ro- like the extension you get coming off your rookie year. Yeah. Well, 125 to Ben Simmons, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that that probably takes... And you got to think, like, no, the cap listen. goes up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are certain people who make the extension off their rookie that get the max. Like I don't think we are. In, I don't think that's the point that needs to be argued. I just there's no way that we can say Jabari Parker deserves that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we were talking more about John Collins. Oh, yeah, sorry. Possibly, but um, I think that's putting a lot of faith in him. I think John Collins is going to get more. Um, like upper mid range because I think they got a lot of faith in him. I think he's the uh, he's their big man of the future. I do think he has some defensive liabilities. I think it's hard to fit him in a future lineup with Trey Young because I think the lack of defense from the two of them uh, really. Uh, he's, he's, it. He can be a good but, shot blocker though. You, I'd rather play him at the four, me personally. Do though. you? But do you think? What if I were to throw out a number of four year eighty million? Harrison Barnes type money. Hmm? 
Perfect. Yeah, that's that's about what I think he's worth. Yeah. Perfect. I like I, I can give him yeah. Harrison Barnes money. He's yeah. younger. I think he has more upside. Absolutely. We know what Harrison Barnes is. Shit, sure, we can buy a as cats. We can buy a I think you probably already said this. Jordan Cyber jersey. Yeah. Really? Oh, so the Hawks, if he makes the roster. He's at the minimum salary right now. If he makes the roster. You know, they cut about 25 players. You see the benches in Breezy's, and they're going all the right. way to the locker room. Yeah, and all you look at the DNPs, and there's nine or ten of them down on the list. So. Shit, he's the oldest one, too. Obviously, hey. the Hawks are very young. A lot of young players. So, it's we know what this team is, and... Their, I guess their their ceiling is only as high as their so young think, guys are going to take. I, I think their big limiting factor, and I think Hunter and Reddish were both drafted to try to um, shoot. To, uh, their shooting is not their their limiting factor is their defense, and I think they drafted two D and three wings with the idea that they're going to get some perimeter defense. I do not think John Collins. I think John Collins has some steps to make to be a defensive big man in the future. I think they're they need better rim protection than what they have. Well, see, because that's why frankly, I don't play Collins straight up at the five. I think sure. you play him at the four. So who's your five then? Right now, Alex it's Lane. right. Well, yeah, that's who there is right now. But I don't think to maximize Collins, I don't think he should be playing yeah. the five. Maybe so they drafted Bruno Fernando out of Maryland. Maybe he's but, their five. So, so, you're, so if you're playing him at the four, that means you need a stretch five because in the, I don't think in the modern NBA you can have a championship roster with two non-shooters. Right. Collins can kind of shoot. He he's got. Yeah. Collins can kind of. He's got. Especially a, from the corner. <laughs> he's definitely knocking those down in two K, but he does have some range. Okay. I his his range. Again, he's only a, a third year player. Yeah, he's so. got he's got a lot to grow. And it's thirty four point eight percent from three. Thirty four point eight. That's, that's not that's bad. Not average. That's, that's not good. bad. You All know, right. never mind. Get up to thirty eight. Uh, on, on what volume? How many again? Uh, probably see, not much. I would say they no more than two or three. Three points. Attempted, 2.6. Okay, so he's doing about 2.6 game at 34%. Uh, I'd like to see that a little higher, but he's still a third-year player. He's got a lot to go. Yeah. Takes three. He definitely a more mid-range shot, about 11 attempted per game. Is that a mid-range or just um, two points? Two points? Two point attempted. Well, I think a lot of them are at the rim, too, though. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. around the rim. Oh, yeah. Which I'm... Listen, uh, listen, with with the exception of a very few, such as LaMarcus Aldridge, I'm very okay with your big man. Never almost, a he almost averaged a double-double last year. He was yeah. 19.5 and 8 rebounds a game, 2 assists. That's yeah. no, he's not bad. Yeah. He, he, he's, a, he's a sturdy player, a lot of upside, a lot of production. As long as you get the, him the ball and uh, do his thing. Yeah. But All about the young guys here. And I think they're... they're a superstar away from being a very good team, and I think they probably have him on the roster. I just don't know which one it's going to be. I mean, I the option is Trey. I think he, right? the assumption is Trey, yeah. But, you know, maybe maybe Cam Reddish can turn into a Clay Thompson. I don't yeah. know. Potential's there. I think the Warriors' mold is what, what they're shooting for. That or the Kings or a merge of the two. Or maybe they're just trying to be the next Warriors. I definitely think they're trying to be the next Warriors. I think when you look at the way they're building a team. Yeah, absolutely. They're trying to, and here's, here's the thing that no one talks about in the Warriors is you need – the Warriors only work because of Draymond Green. Ah, I was going to say it. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I think Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Andre Iguodala are all generational talents. They all it, are absolutely incredible. But you need that versatility of defense. That he, uh, Everyone talks about how Steph Curry killed the center position. I, and I read a take today that uh, Draymond Green was more pivotal, pivotal in destroying the position of center, which is now starting to come back, than Steph Curry was. 
for a couple of years, centers did not matter with anything. He's actually only 6'5", so a 6'5 right. player beating up on 6'10", 6'7", footers? Are you kidding me? Because he's so small, he gets to guard some big men in very unfair ways. But uh-huh. that's, that's how they're going to go there. Yeah. yeah. But so he, him being a little bit more aggressive he, kind of makes a little bit more sense to me now. He is a jersey grabber with the worst of them. Well, that's not... Yeah. Right. That's fair. Yeah. All right, 29 and 53 last year. What you guys got on this year? Uh, 37 wins. <laughs> 37? Uh, um, Mason, go ahead. I get four free ones against the Hawk Hornets, right? You would think. But, you know, you could also argue you're going to get four free ones at, against the Wizards. So, I'm going to say probably, I'm going to say 30 wins, and the only two teams, there'll be three teams below them in the East, and I think they'll be the Wizards, the Cavaliers, and the Knicks. So, I think they'll finish fourth and last in the East again, but I think, I think win-wise, you know, they're going to be playing a lot, a lot of young guys, so I don't necessarily see their win total jumping up that drastically this year. So, I'm going to say 30 wins. Bottom fourth, fourth worst in the East this year. I'm gonna top them at. Well, Sam, do you want to put the seed, or I can give you my take. I think they're gonna be. I'm gonna do 37 wins, and let me think about where that's gonna put them. I think that, to me, I think that puts them right around the 11, 10 seed, 10 or 11 seed. So about where you said. T- ten, 10 wins last year was 39. Yeah. And there was a seven-game drop to the to the Wizards at the 11th seed. So. I think they're gonna go. 40 and 42. 40 and wow. 42. Jumping up into the 40s. Wow. So, I know. so Mason, some... Mason's shooting the over. I'm, I'm low ball. I'm, 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 uh, I'm thinking they're going to be fighting for the playoffs. They're going to be in the picture. But I think they're going to face the same, uh, well, not the same, well, the same fate as the Heat and the Hornets of this year. I think they're so just going to miss. about 9 seed, probably. I think I'm going to go 9 seed. Okay. 9 seed. Now, obviously, you know, there's so many different uh, sites that have what their over-under is for the season. But I'm looking at Action Network. I, that's first link I clicked on there. Mean, their over-under is 33.5. Nathan, does that mean you think the Bulls are going to be uh, better than them? Mm-hmm. Okay. I do. My initial take on the Bulls, I forget what it was, but I I don't know. The Bulls, because you think... I mean, you got Levine, Markinen, Michael Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr. Like, that's... Kobe White is the rookie. Say, you know, Kobe it's their their lineup. He's like, got a really good it's attitude. Solid. Thomas Saturansky, It's that's a solid Bulls team. I'm not saying they're anything special, but I think they're going to make. Gonna a, good. I think they're going to make a midseason move that brings in either not necessarily a big name player, but somebody who's a veteran uh, as well. Yeah, to Chicago. Um, if they could get a guy like Iguodala or somebody of that, Iguodala, caliber, the, 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 the Grizzlies have to buy him out first, or or they got to make a trade to the Grizzlies for him. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, sure. You know, next season, could get Brandon Ingram. How weird would that there, be? There's a lot of young stars on the Pelicans that they have. I think they have too much that they know what to do with. I think I, you might I, see I, some I, Pelicans. I, so I think if you really believe that Hunter – I think you guys are thinking too much of them this year. I think if you believe that Hunter and Reddish are your wings of the future, which I think they're talking about the Bulls. Oh, never mind. I yeah. Thought, I thought we were just talking about the Hawks. No. So, 
I'm lowballing them. Mason's I'm, I'm shooting, shoot, the, moon shooting the moon, and Sam's at 37. sitting right in the middle. 10, 10 two. Right in the middle. And we move on to the... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Of that team, do you think uh, who is Trey Young or John Collins going to be the most impactful player? Or do you think it's answer C, somebody else? Who, Trey, Trey Young. Trey. Trey. He's, so he's, he's going to be his team. He's, he's going to have... He's got the ball in his hands. I don't know. When you when you made when you your like what third pick overall something what do you go for maybe he got traded for Doncic he, he was a fifth fifth I forget when uh, if it was a because the Hawks four, drafted four Luka. six four seven five seven trade the Mavs tr- uh, drafted Trey and then they're like you know that was a three five trade three five yeah there it is three five trade I, I yeah it's Trey's team all right the Washington Wizards thirty two and fifty last season. Well, this fucking team. So they did the smartest fucking thing in the world. You know they're what? a better Knicks. <laughs> do you, so, do so you know what they, do we we watched them make that extension for uh, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. As did of anyone, did anyone read as the of this morning? That? As of this morning, two years, seventy-two million. So because his extension was because his extension was greater than five percent increase of his current salary, he is ineligible to be traded. Until after the 2019-2020 season, Bradley Beal. So he can't be traded the next yeah, offseason. And it was, and it was also it was a two-year extension with a player option after the first, which means after he it could be one ten, and he could do one year, and then he'll be a ten-year player, and he can sign the supermax. So he makes all NBA this year. Actually, yeah, he makes all NBA this year. He can be a free agent eligible for a supermax. So you're saying we're going to, see, we're going to be seeing Bradley Beal ball out this year yeah. to try to get that super uh, Yeah, so I'm they, excited. So they basically said, hey, you have to really try, and you can't go anywhere else. <laughs> he, he Well, obviously, he, he said and, he wanted to make a deal work with Washington. Yeah. Why you know? wouldn't he? He's been treated really well there. John Wall's yeah. going to be out for probably another season and then, and sitting then, on that $37.8 but, but but now, they, but now, they, <laughs> oh, no. now Beal can't be traded until Wall is back, and then they can sit to Beal and say, "Hey, either take a year, try it out, see if you like it, or we'll give you a supermax now, and you and Wall can be the backcourt of the future." <laughs> this is listen, uh, incre- an entirely dysfunctional, horrible Wizards team pulled off one of the smartest moves of the offseason today, and I wow, <laughs> that is incredible. I love what they did. Everybody, well, let's see here. They got Thomas Bryant. Rich, Rui Hachimura, Troy Brown, and uh, Mortise Wagner, right. Wagner, and yeah. oh, sorry, Admiral Schofield and Admiral Justin Sweet. and Justin Robinson. So all of them are in the next four to five years. So so yeah. that's kind of their team. Everybody else, is just As, yeah. So they one also one year deals. They also oh, signed. They deals. signed Isaiah Thomas, Ish Smith. They got C.J. Miles and uh, Bertans from the Spurs, Bertans which is a good is get. I just say drafted Hachimura, Schofield. They got Wagner, Bonga, and Jones from the Lakers, just dumping shit on them. <laughs> they literally traded them, and then. They signed Thomas Bryan, who's I guess gonna be their starting center for oh. three years, twenty-five mil, which I mean, isn't. They're playing. Awful. Or they're right. paying. Oh my god. So guys, let's look. Now that we've talked about the one good move they made this offseason, now I'm gonna start talking about the shitty moves they made. All right, in the offseason, they traded away Otto Porter Jr. for basically Bobby Portis, and then let Bobby Portis walk in free agency. That was two years. That was a year ago because. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Last year they traded for Bobby Portis, but then this year, after trading away Otto Porter for him, 
let him let Bobby Portis walk in free agency. They right. were like, we did not sign up for this. Let's get out now. Right. Bobby Portis played well for them, though. He did fine, but he's yeah. doing way better on the Bulls. Uh, or no, where's he at now? He's in the Knicks. He's in play oh, there. He, he is one there. of the seven or eight power forwards uh, on the roster. They let Thomas Sadoransky walk. They let, for not a lot. Two of the Bulls. Um, what else did they do this offseason? They drafted Rui Hachimura in the like pick. the eighth pick. People were talking about him falling to the second round. <laughs> yeah, he just, he honestly... To me, feels like a DeMar DeRozan, but at the four. Right. Like, I'm just going to shoot the mid-range, and that's about it. I also, I, I, I watched him a little bit in college, and he he didn't impact me as, like, a great talent. There's there's no point. No, he, like, he, oh, he just, he just played on a very well-rounded Gonzaga team. He, he was a great college player, right? But there there's a difference. <laughs> There's a lot of great college players. Yeah, Kyle Sigler was one of the best college players I've ever watched play. Kyle Sigler was. <laughs> hey, he's jersey retirement for the Oakland City Thunders this year. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Wizards, aside from the Beal extension, I do not like a single thing they did. Okay. Isaiah Thomas, too. So, with Why Beal, not, dude? What Maybe, maybe yeah. he gives you a good game. Ish Smith, too. That one, they're paying him $6 million. Or Ish Smith, it's uh, a, $12 million. Half these, are, like, these are one-year deals, so who cares? They're just no, nine times with John uh, Wall gets Ish back. Smith is a two-year deal. They got him okay, so you back, him up, you back him up to John Wall next year, right? Isaiah Thomas is a one-year gap that maybe something hey, happens to John Wall. Do you know who would have been, been way better and about the same price as Isaiah Thomas and Ish Smith? Thomas Sadoransky. <laughs> I don't know. I'd actually think Thomas Sadoransky might be more. Isaiah Thomas. I, look, the only look, person's look draft stock is fallen more. Is look, up what he, well, look up what the Bulls are playing him because he was a restricted free agent, so they had a chance to match. And they let him walk. Not pleased. I like Thomas Sadoransky. I can tell, buddy. Uh, 30 mil. 25 guaranteed. Over how many years? Three. Yeah, 10 mil a year. And Isaiah That's Thomas it. is yeah. on the veterans minimum. Okay, but the only the only per, the only person I think in the league whose worth has fallen more than Isaiah Thomas's is Demarcus Cousins. Jeez, oh, and they've they've gone oh. from about to sign a max contract. The Bulls are kind of locked, bottoming oh. out money wise for the next two seasons. They really don't have a lot of wiggle room. The season after that is just going to go up higher. Sheesh, they're kind of tied in. Otto Porter getting paid. Oh, Zach Levine. Well, half that is paid. half. No, half of his uh, the, the Porter's contract still from Washington. Yeah. The Levine's contract still from Minnesota. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, Chris. Everyone was acting like why Chris Dunn's about to go because he's the only one who's got on a one-year contract. He Denzel Valentine. Also, also and he's Shaquille been Harrison. Like. Oh my God! Yeah, but Chris, I mean, Kristen was another one of those good college players coming out of Providence. He wasn't anything special, though. Like, I, I'll give you a solid five, ten minutes a game, and that's about it. I mean, that's why they drafted Kobe White, right? Because they they wanted a, a young starting point guard of the future. I like Kobe White, but guys, once again, we've already talked about. Bulls. Sorry, sorry, we keep we get they're just feels like there's so much more to say. When we get to the Heat, we're gonna end up talking about the Bulls again. It's right. Jimmy Butler, but all right, fine. Where do you see the Wizards ending up? I'm going to go 29 and 53. 29 53? 
23 wins, third from the bottom of the East. And I'm going to say second from the bottom. You think the Cavs beat them? Or the Hornets beat them? Which one do you think? Or the Knicks? You know. You just don't. All right, all right, third from the bottom. All right. Yeah. Fuck, I I'll say third from the bottom, too. I'm feeling like... So, I mean, we all consensus the Knicks are fourth from the bottom, guys? No, I have the... Um, who, what, what, record, what, what, what record did you give them? I said 23 wins. Again, I've probably put four people at the same spot at this point. I look at the bottom of these, and I know that team's... Every time I look at them, I'm like, well, that team is going to be better than the Hornets, but... Wait, no. The Cavs aren't going to be better than the Hornets, but the Cavs are going to be better than the Knicks, but the Knicks aren't going to be better than... It's it's a train wreck at the bottom of the East is what it is. We all have hope, and it's it's blinding us because somebody's about to be... I was awesome. listening to other podcasts, and people were they were talking about each team, and the, I mean, the, like, Debbie Downer, this is his podcast, every single time, man, I really don't think this team's going to be good. Like, just the entire podcast is just shitting on every team. It's hilarious. Like, you got to be optimistic about one oh, thing. Oh, these guys have LeBron, AD, and... Shit. Uh, Dwight Howard, this is gonna be. Good. They both went under on the Lakers winning total. Like every they did, well, they did over so under, I, and they went under. On, I, I think over well over half the league. I, 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 I think under. I think under on the Lakers is a smart move though for sort of load management. Right. I, I I would take unders on the Clippers too. Okay, I'm saying Wizards 27 wins. 27. I'm saying 23. The question is, with Bradley Beal pulling out, how many wins can Bradley Beal? Give you. 22. That's the 20, 22. 22 out of it for the one game he load manages. <laughs> he's he's going that, 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 to so give you 22 wins, and then out of nowhere. He's going to be load managing their feet. I don't even know who else is going to give you that win. <laughs> Rui Achamora. Kind of a game winner. Hey, even. Uh, no, no, IT is going to go into Boston and just turn back the clock. That's what's going to happen. Kemba and Tatum are all going to be. Who was the guy who, who had uh, the thing? Hornets this past year who had two game winners? Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb uh, can get you two wins. Jeremy, Jeremy Lamb is on the Pacers. Kemba Walker can get you. Jeremy Lamb. I say, Hornets won 39 games last season. Kemba Walker right, won wait. 37 of them. Guys, I have an off the wall proposition, though. I think. Uh, Terry Rozier is about the worst contract that was signed in all the... Oh, wait. We're still talking about the Wizards. Fuck. No, we can't... We can we'll get there. On. We'll get there. But all we right. can't really skip the heat. All right. We'll, we'll get we'll get, we'll get to the Hornets. I have a Hornets proposition. We'll, we'll get... All right. Heat are next. Miami Heat, 39-43 last year. Made some moves. Made some moves. Highlighted by acquiring Jimmy Butler. They also... They didn't do much. They drafted Tyler Hero, who's balling out in preseason right now. Absolutely balling out. They drafted someone named Casey Okpala. Casey Okpala, dude. Obviously. Traded to get Jimmy Butler. Is that what a sign trade or something like that? And then, yeah, they got rid of Josh Harrison. And they also traded and got Myers Leonard. To which they gave up Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside, which he was already on his way out. Maybe Myers Leonard gets you some minutes. They also only had him for one season at $11 million a year. Yep. So. So they, they didn't make a ton of moves, highlighted obviously by... Oh my god, they're still paying Ryan Anderson. That's funny. Jimmy Butler. They're still going to pay him for the next three seasons. I feel like everyone's yeah, still like, paying Ryan yeah. Anderson. Yeah. Oh, and that, him so, and Lou Aldang, man. Those guys are getting oh, paid by four or five teams right now. Expensive-ass roster this year. 136 mil, and then next season 160 mil is already spent, or 107 mil is already spent. Oh yeah. That's uh, tough. So Jimmy yeah. Buckets is getting 
Hey. Yep, this Jimmy Butler got his max. Good for him. Yep. It's a star-driven roster. Um, and also, here's one thing about the Heat that no one talks about. Eric Spolstra really fucking cares about the regular season. Like, <laughs> we could talk about playoffs all we want. We, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about this team in the playoffs. But I, I, think, I think this team is destined to do a lot in the regular season because Eric Spolstra just, by nature, really cares about it. Because you know how hard it is to make people pay attention to sports in Miami? It's a city built on clubs and cocaine. <laughs> Fucking what's and they want people to pay attention to sports. <laughs> I think this team is going to be sneaky good on defense. Oh, my God, yeah. Butler's good. Justice Winslow's good. Bam Adebayo is going to be a great rim protection. I think their weakest uh, defensively is Loki is great yeah, rim protection. Their weakest, so they're probably going to play Tyler Hero a lot, and he's a little undersized. But Myers, you know what they can Myers do with the rest of their solid defense? They can hide Hero on the worst offensive player on the other team, and then everyone else is a great defensive player. Yeah. You know, uh, to, to your point, they have to compete with the rest of Miami. I think um, Derek Jones Jr. is a fun player. I think he's getting traded. Why they either keep him around or trade him for something good, but I don't think they re sign him. He is not. Or I, don't, I don't think they just like. He's a dunk guy. Let, well, let him go. I think he's either going to be there so, or They have so many good wings. And so I think they, I think they're trying to get positive value out of him. Right? Yeah, he's he's a highlight reel guy. He's lot, like, hey, yeah, lot, the Heat. Look at the Heat. Lot, a lot of people are talking about um, Chris Paul there. I do not think that will happen. I just do not see a way the contract works. And you still have James Johnson. He's going to be solid minutes before. Uh, funny you thing about James Johnson, they, Gordon Dragic. James Johnson apparently got fat this offseason and is not allowed to show up to practice until he loses the weight. What interesting. Deion Waiters, who knows if he can have a turnaround season. Yeah, Deion Waiters played. Deion Waiters are going to have fifteen great games this season. And this is a solid team. And while I don't think it's going to happen, it would not surprise me if this team sneaks its way into a top four seed in the oh, East I, with Eric Spoelstra loving the regular season. Oh, it would I, not surprise I a, me. I have, a, I have a very hot take about this team. You ready? Uh, Fifty-three wins, third in the East. Jimmy Butler. MVP. Interesting. 53 wins. 53 wins. Third in the East, Jimmy Butler MVP. I think if they get third in the East, Jimmy Butler is having the season we're all expecting Jimmy Butler to have to get third in the East. It's a lock that he's got the MVP, right? He's got the narrative. Unless the points are coming from Deion Waiters, bro. Right, that's what I'm saying. But like, as, to get to third in the East, you're going to need Jimmy Butler to have an MVP season. And I think Jimmy Butler might do it because I think he's finally in the situation he's wanted to be in. He says he cares about winning. He doesn't. He cares about winning because of him. He liked to be the guy in yeah. Chicago, and Chicago just sucked. I'm yeah. going to say... He, uh, I, I, I really do... So he's now on a team where they can win a lot. I think I they think do better they're, when they're he's not the leader, though. Who is them? What? Who is that? No, I'm not saying that he's not going to be the leader, but I think he they succeed more when he's not the leader. His team. Oh, why are you holding them? Um, yeah. I'm saying... Uh, I'm going to go 46 wins. And I'll put him at... 6 or 7? 6 or 7. I'm going to say I'm gonna say 45 and 5th seed. Alright. I, I think there's going to be a big separation between... Not a big one, but between four and five, I think there's going to be a good five, six game difference. But yeah, I'm saying fifth seed, 45 wins.
teams. It's going to be a fun team to watch. Although I could say that about almost every team in the NBA. Yeah, that is... I don't know. I'm, I'm not digging on them. But we are going to see Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. They're going to stick around. They uh, they said that, yeah, we're not trading these guys. In fact, the only two people who they have said are off the table, off the trade block. Yep. I don't know how Dan Butler feels about that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, me too, right? He's like, yeah, Jimmy, totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. Jimmy. We just gave you all that money. Totally. I, I could see them being very hesitant to trade Justice Winslow, but if it meant bringing in someone, they, I think they'd definitely do it. But uh, And then I think Myers Leonard's actually making really good moves this year. That's another thing. Him and Olenek, I think, will rotate in like the four-ish five when that with when Bam out of bio out. I think Olenek and Myers uh, and Leonard both give great spacing of the floor as a big man. And yeah, that's they can shoot. today's NBA. Yeah. yeah. Well, does that bring us to the Hornets? Time for your proposition, buddy. All right. All right. Let's 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 lay some base wrap baseline about just. Oh, all right. Actually. <laughs> You want me to just go through what they did first? Yeah. Well, and then for this one, let's pretend like uh, the entire time we've been doing these off-season grades, we've been giving people uh, – these off-season, we've been giving people grades because I have a grade for them. Go ahead and go through what they All right. right. Hornets, 39-43. and 43. As Mason said, 37 wins responsible by Kemba Walker, two by Jeremy Land on those two buzzer beaters. <laughs> it can be done. It can, it be, can done. be done. Two players can make you – in terms of off-season moves, obviously they had this uh, three-way signing trade with Kemba Walker. They got rid of Kemba, got back Terry Rozier. Draft-wise, drafted P.J. Washington, oh which I actually I like that pick. In preseason, he's been showing some range from three, which he didn't show that much of at Kentucky. So if he's got that in his arsenal, I think that could actually be a very good pick. They've got a they've got a Drafted cool Cody pace. Martin, one of the Martin twins out of Nevada, and then drafted a power forward named Jalen McDaniels. So that was probably the late second round pick that I don't know what that much of. Other than that, not a lot of movement here. They are kind of tied with like paying Batum a shit ton of money and they don't have a lot of room, which is they do. They've got 120. Well, not this. Season. I mean, yeah, the, the contracts that they're on though are lengthy. Like they, they just there wasn't much they could do besides trading players. But who wants to pay Batum 21 million a year right now? All right, so let's pretend that was that was, that was, oh my that was Portland Trailblazers money. Oh, Nicholas Batum. Let, let, yeah. Hey, the summer of 2016 was a confusing time for all of us. Yeah. I remember summer of 2016. All right, Sam. It's not great. <laughs> Charlotte Hornets hot take. What you got? Uh, all right. Well, first of all. Let's pretend like the entire time we we're giving people grades on how they did in the offseason. And C was as if you like did average, you didn't get better, you didn't get worse, given your situation, right? Right. All right. So that's the grading scale we're on. Would we like to get would you guys like to give a grade to the Charlotte Hornets? Because boy would I like to give a grade to the Charlotte Hornets. Sure, let's give a grade. Uh so C being they stayed the same way? Uh C they did average based on their situation. Okay. So, like, I'd give the Raptors a C, even though they got worse, right? Because there's nothing you can do about the Kawhi Leonard situation. Okay, because the only, the only other grading system I've, like, been listening to like, podcast-wise is C as they did absolutely nothing. They say the exact same. So, the Raptors have a worse than just a whatever. Uh, but they do minus it's, I mean, it's, or just oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's not great. It's... I have a feeling you're going to say they did fine like, or a, good. But... A D minus. D minus? I 
I'm looking at this lineup here. I, I'm just I'm trying to see it. And it's just not it's not there, is it? And I'm trying to look at their cap space, and I'm just not seeing it. Uh, D minus. You got. Just gonna straight up D. Triple F minus. That's what I'd like to give them. Is I'd like to give them a triple F minus. I guess I was. This is out. this is about as bad an offseason that any team can have. Terry Rozier. Are you fucking kidding me? Giving him that much money? Are you fucking kidding me? They're paying him more than they ever paid Kim. Total than they paid Kemba Walker. Right. The entire right. time they had him. Also, also, they knew Kemba Walker was going to leave in the offseason. Why didn't you trade him? Why didn't you just let him... Why didn't you, why didn't you let the greatest player who ever played for your franchise walk in free agency, Cleveland? Because what are you going to do? Right. And unlike Cleveland, who, uh, held, who held on to LeBron, you know... To make another finals run, they held on to him to miss the playoffs. Yeah, oh, man. Uh, oh, man. They, I mean, if, if they thought, hey, we can get to the playoffs as well last you, year. What do you mean, what are you going to do? They could have traded him for a lot. Think about how many teams last year would have traded for Kemba Walker at the trade deadline. Yeah. They, they could have gotten three first-round draft picks, and I am 100% convinced of that. I it, the Hornets are... They, they probably would have gotten maybe two first-rounders and a player. That's, yeah, that's fine. The Hornets are basing their entire franchise at this point on the likeness of five players, and that's all young guys. Dwayne Bacon, Miles Bridges, Malik Monk, P.J. Washington. And at this point, they've paid Terry Rozier too much not to bank on Terry Rozier. So, so they've got five guys who they're trying to make something worthwhile. Mike, Michael, this. Michael Jordan. I know you're listening to me. Um, I know I haven't always been good to you in the past. Me talking about your gambling addiction and me talking about how LeBron's the best player. But listen, I'm rooting for you, and this one's going straight into your ear. You guys know Michael's going to hear this, right? He's listening right now, dude. All right, Michael. We're live. Here are the two moves that you need to make this season. Okay, you need. To trade Terry Rozier to the Mavericks. He is a perfect player for the Mavericks, and yes, you oversigned him, so yes, you're not going to get as much back. But if you can get anything for him, if you can get two second round draft picks for Terry Rozier to the Mavericks and just salary uh, saver, that's fine because he is a perfect player to uh, play beside uh, Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis because even though he demands to have the ball in his hand, he should not have the ball in his hand. But unfortunately, in uh, in uh, Charlotte, there's no one else to have the ball in his hand, right? So he needs to be playing beside a playmaker where he can make his shots because he's an above-average uh, knockdown shooter and just playing defense on guards. And that's what he's good for, and that's who you need to trade him to. Secondly, here's the other move you need to do. You need to trade... Nicholas Batum for, <laughs> for Andrew Wiggins and just eat that bad contract. If you can do Batum for Wiggins and a first, do you know how you're old, not getting a first for him? You, uh, you are if you're taking the Wiggins contract. No, he, Wiggins is tied up for three years. Is Batum's tied up for two? Yep. So they get an extra year, and also Wiggins is tied up at more. I money. think they get him at a two, uh, like a second rounder. I, I think I think they could do it for Wiggins in a first rounder. This is the Wiggins only about. makes not very good at negotiating. Wiggins, right. Wiggins only makes two million more a year than Batum does. Yeah, right. But for how long? For you free up on that 22 And also Batum know. is not a bad player, and Batum fits the Hornets mold better, or not the Hornets the uh, Wolves mold better. 
Wiggins going through. Oh, no. 22-23. Yeah. So, yeah. Four year. Yeah. So, they give up a first round pick to get off those two years of Wiggins. I think they might even believe it. I think I still think they're going to second a uh, second rounder. I don't think they're giving a first. Uh, maybe, maybe. But I don't know. Is there any part of Minnesota so that's Michael, like, got to salvage this? I Michael, mean, do you hear me? This is Sam Hyde speaking to you. You can hit me at Twitter at s s hyde three three zero or at just the tip off one. Michael, I know you're listening to me. I know you are. I know you got so many things to do, but listening to amateur podcasts is what you're up to. And so this clearly you're is not focusing on making your roster. You better. need to do. Got it? Yeah. All right, so predictions for the Charlotte Hornets. 20 wins last in the East. 22 wins last in the East. 16 wins last in the East. Oh and 82. Right. And here, here's my hot take. I mean, the Hornets came, or the Bobcats came damn close to it one year. The first year Kemba was in the league, they came damn close. Here's another hot take. I think it was nine and something, wasn't it? The Hornets this year will be ranked 30th in offense, 29th in defense, and 30th in net ranking. And you're the only team who's going to be worse at defense? Your Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, we are yes. not a good defense team. <laughs> no, we don't really get it. Oh, right. scoring. All right. I ain't got it. All right. Um, Last team, Orlando Magic, the class of the Southeast Division, apparently. You know what my favorite thing about the Orlando Magic is? Is they made so few off moves this offseason, and they said the same better. So they are 42-40 and 40 coming off of last season. Yeah. Uh, first playoff appearance in a while. Yeah. Uh, so, big big move was they re-signed. Well, they really just extended everybody. So they drafted uh, Chuma Okiki. Extended. Uh, State, who I think is going to yeah, be solid, but I don't think he's going to have much playing time this year. Extended uh, Nikolai Vucevic. And uh, re-signed Terrence Ross. Signed Al Camino and signed Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah. Are they, uh, and also, Markel Fultz is going to be back this year. And they extended it, too. Yeah. And so, so they're, I don't I, think he's going to do well. I do. At this point, they just they got to go for it. I yeah. Mean, I, I, I think – and you know what I think the best possible thing for uh, Markel Fultz is? No expectations. What? Uh, wait. Have they already extended him? When did they I extend think, him? I thought they extended him a couple weeks ago. Uh, they so might, are paying him for two years. Two years? 22 guaranteed. Okay. So I hope he has an average year this year. And then they lock him in on an extension, and then next year he breaks out. And they get to have him. I get They get to pay him like $10 million for a $25 Ooh. million dollar player. Right? Ooh. Vooch, you got $100,000. Yeah. Yeah. Also, here, j- just fun fact. Here, that when you play for one of the two Florida teams, you make more money than any other team in the league because Florida pays no state income taxes. What? Yeah. That's that's funny. that's why so many people like to retire down there because there's no state income tax. Well, here's the thing: though, you, taxes. You do pay income tax, so if you if for away games, though. Guys, do you know how old Aaron Gordon is? Twenty four. Twenty six. Twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. He's still got a lot to go. He's Man's out. is going. Yeah. I think they've just been waiting for him to take the next step for the louts cute. No, I and also uh, for the last let's not forget they do have Mo Bamba. 
who I think, I think was injured. This off season, he was ba- he was injured last season, so he wasn't yeah. able to play a Gosh, lot. So, My worry about it is because they signed Vucevic, like we yeah. signed him, that he's not going to see a lot of floor time. So, so let's trade him. Uh, he's got the, we've got eleven or eleven point six guaranteed for three seasons. Yeah, and if he's let him develop. If, he's, if he's looking good, like let him develop. I think I think you could sell. I think you put him in for the first like half the year around the trade deadline. You sell real high on him. So, just watching some of the preseason games, looking at what the Lakers are doing, having like some pretty tall, athletic big men. Yeah. If they can do that on the Magic, I think it would be a really similar situation that would work out. Because sometimes you have to have if everybody is the same team, you know how to play against each other. You all play the same way, and the points go down. It just it's a little bit boring. So having different dynamic play styles, such as the like three big men or really good shooting team like the Warriors or, you know, a, a perfect or beautiful basketball like mid-range shots like the Spurs. Having those different types of play what make is kind of what makes the game interesting. So that's the way I think I see the Magic going. So I believe the Magic last year were ranked fourth in defense, right? I think they're a very, very great and grind team, and I think that everyone on their roster really fits that. And a lot, of that, a lot of that came after the All-Star break. They were the number one defense after the All-Star break. Yeah. They went ahead and signed Al Camino, who fits who fits what they're trying to do so well. I love Al Camino for this team. I think he is the perfect player for this team. Yeah. And Terrence Ross is going to continue to go out there and score for them. I think – here's the thing is I don't think they're going to make it out of the first round, but I think whoever plays in the first round is going to be fucking exhausted. Yeah, because they're going to be tough to tough to go with. Because this yeah. is actually a pretty young team. Like, oh, yeah. But they're, like, mid-range. Vooch is 28, Aaron Gordon's 24, Evan Fournier is 26, yeah. Terrence Ross 28, uh, Al Farouk's 29, Markel Fultz 21, DJ Augustin 31. Like, the oldest player they have is 31 years old. Yeah, and they, they, uh, they do need a new backup point guard. Uh, uh, so, DJ Augustin. But you can find those. Right? So if, if Fultz is your guy, so let me ask you here. They're gonna make you saying that you're both saying they're gonna make the playoffs, yep. and we're putting the Heat in. Who are you taking out? The Pistons? Yeah, I don't want the Pistons make it because I think they're gonna keep Andre Drummond around, and I think that he's not gonna work. And eventually, they might lose him in free agency too. I mean, the Pistons to me are the only like feasible team you can take out. I think there's too much talent on the Nets to take out. The Pacers are just uh, too uh, solid. The Nets. No, I think the Nets could come out. I think the Nets or the Pacers could come out. I don't see um, it. So I have, I have the... Even Oladipo is Pacers for 75% of the season. He'd still make the five Sorry, did seed. I say Pacers? I'm at Pistons. Yeah, I, I think the Pistons are all... We're all in sense. Like, if there's one that's going to go, the Pistons are our first one up. Um, but I see... Right now, I see the Magic as the seventh seed. And I see them having... 41 wins. I think they go 500. By the way, has anyone been keeping keeping track of if my win totals actually fit the seeds? No, dude. no, we've uh, we've cool. been keeping track of cool. any of this since we started that. I'm gonna laugh when we look at it. It's like, what well, is the mess? I've got. I've been keeping keeping up. I'm waiting to move it over into this next spreadsheet that kind of maps it all out. But right. it should be interesting. See, this this is tough for me because it's the Magic or the Pistons. I'm not overly high on either team. I've never been high on the Pistons. Pick, pick the but the Pistons have the better, best player out of the two teams, I think. Derek fucking Rose. Close. I was going to say Blake Griffin, but close. So my next guess was going to be... Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard. 
Uh, oh. Oh, um, you know what? I'm going to say 42 wins. Probably. 42? I'm saying 41. You're saying 42. What seed? Uh, I said 7 seed. 7 8 seed. 7 8 okay. 40 wins, 9th seed. They're going to just miss the playoffs. All right. Woo. Wow, we are all locking them being around 500. We're within two wins. Well, they were 42 and 40 last year, so. Yeah. So, fair bet since they really didn't change anything that maybe they add a couple wins because they now are playing better as a team. Maybe they lose a couple wins because they it was just a fluke that they somehow made it the last half of the season. So, all right. that, that, that concludes. That brings us to the end. We've now gone over every team's offseason. Um, we're actually going to talk about something that I don't want to say is pretty serious, but it's something that we all take near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, it's not something to – We I know we joke around on this podcast, but we're going to try to actually be a little bit more serious about this next thing. It matters, it, it matters I'm, I'm, a lot. I'm thirsty. This yeah. doesn't detract from – Absolutely. Um, so uh, – we are a proud American podcast who lives up to proud American ideals. Sure. One of the most important ideals of America is freedom of speech and the ability to speak out against injustice. And the NBA has always prided themselves on being very forward-thinking and being one of the most progressive leagues and speaking out against injustice. And actually, especially as leagues like the NFL um, have struggled with such things, like with the Kaepernick process, that the... Um, the NBA, especially under Adam Silver, has been very forward-thinking. Um, this is very evident by the Donald Sterling protests. This is very evident by the league's support of players speaking out against political um, political things that happen within America. And that's why, and I'm I'm speaking for me, I don't want to represent the podcast because I'm going to let Nathan and Mason speak their piece, but that's why I'm very disappointed by the reaction to Daryl Morey's tweets about Hong Kong. Um, the disappointed in who? Um, reactions. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna first give a little background for those who are maybe more casual fans and haven't been following Daryl Morey <clears throat> a couple a couple weeks ago. GM of the Rockets. GM of the Rockets a couple weeks ago, while teams were in uh, were in China for preseason games, um, tweeted a picture and it just said, "I stand with Hong Kong, fight for freedom." Yeah, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. And it was taken down almost immediately. And almost immediately, the uh, owner of the Rockets, whose name escapes me right now, wrote a statement about how his uh, his beliefs do not stand for the Rockets. And then within the hour, Daryl Morey issued an apology saying that he had not considered every angle of the issue and that he did not fully understand the issue. I felt, I personally, once again speaking for me, felt that this was a cop-out. I felt that uh, all of a sudden they realized the money that they have to lose in China and that they... Uh, they being the Rockets. The, the Rockets and the NBA. The NBA itself. Well, it started, you got to think about where it started and then, because you know, when it happened, the Rockets dealt with it internally and then all of a sudden yeah. it's like, okay, shit, now the big... It, like commissions involved, so and I I feel for Daryl Morey because while this is a fight that I stand for, I would not want to be the guy who started it, right? Yeah, I didn't. Nobody really saw that one coming. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so to uh, to give a little context, the NBA or the um, Chinese government has threatened to stop endorsing the NBA. They threatened to pull the preseason games that were there. 
um, which the China is the fastest growing market in the NBA right now. Big time. And they, a lot of money in the NBA is tied up in China. And uh, China has continuously worked with Adam Silver to try to get them to censor it. And I will give credit where credit's due. Adam Silver has, very, has in his public stances, been very pro-free speech and has come out and said that we will not censor based on a foreign government's uh, standards and if they do not want to support the NBA, the NBA will not be in China. And that has been his public stance and I stand for that. Now, a lot of people within the NBA have, um, in fact, a lot of anonymous sources has come out and said that no one wants to associate with Daryl Morey, who's in a contract year and may potentially lose his job over this. Okay, continue. Yeah, and um, a lot of people are choosing not to associate with him. And on top of that, um, the uh, LeBron James, who has been largely the face of the league, came out and made a statement. And I'm going to paraphrase it. If someone can be Googling it, read the correct statement in a second to correct me. He said something along the line. You got it? Pulled up? Yeah. All right. Let's just really so, easy. Perfect. What, let's pull up what LeBron had said. Um, so while he's looking up the transcript, I'm going to paraphrase it, which was essentially, um, I do not... Uh, I do not believe that he should uh, that Daryl Morey should have made these uh, statements. I do not believe that he thought about the ramifications of the tweet when he made it, and I think that uh, before making uh, tweets like this, you have to think about these consequences. Yeah, he the the big word was uneducated. Yes, was he, that Daryl Morey was uneducated on the China situation, which I have heard that taken two ways. Someone's like, yeah, Daryl Morey, the guy who went to Northwestern and MIT, is uneducated, like. You can go to school and be uneducated about a situation which you don't know about, and that's how some people are spinning it as Daryl Morey like didn't know all the facts about this about the Chinese situation when he initially addressed it, and it's obviously we don't know where LeBron was coming from. From what I've read on it, there's kind of like two sides of it. There's the kind of defending LeBron's side, which is like he was just saying that Daryl Morey didn't know enough about the Chinese situation to comment on it. And then there's a side, which is LeBron is saying this because of how much money LeBron himself has tied up in China with his jersey sales, obviously the big following in China, shoes, Space Jam 2. So there's two sides of LeBron's, and no one knows what side that is. But the media has taken the latter at being oh, he's yeah. protecting his own income and, in China. That's what, so, that's what, and, here's, what he actually, here's what he said. I have the transcript pulled up. I don't want to get into a verbal feud with Daryl Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on the situation at hand. He, and he spoke. Uh, and so many people could have been harmed, not only financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, so just be careful uh, what we tweet and say and we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be a lot of negative negatives that come at, with that, too. So, you know, it's, I don't know, it's one of those, like, walk-the-line situations, and a lot of people are looking at it from one side, seeing him walk on the other line, and looking at it from this angle, you see him, no, he's trying to protect his assets, or no, he's just trying to be like, I fucking, yeah. I don't and know. I like, think- literally, they, they told us not to talk about this, this is my view on it. As as unbiased or un, I'm not gonna say unbiased. As like in the middle, you're asking me a question as you can. So I don't know. It just seems like and with, with if how, you don't like him, you're not gonna like what he has to say. Yeah. And LeBron has arguably been been the face of the NBA when it comes to 
social injustice and that and the whole movement that the NBA, like you remember Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul and I think Chris Bosh and LeBron James had that big speech at the ESPYs. So I don't, he, he's been the the leader of that movement so, in the NBA. And you know, I don't know what it was or who it was, but it was some talking head on on a sports show who was saying, "Yeah, it's fine. You can talk a big game when you don't have anything on the line, or it's not worth anything. But you know, when you start actually having money taken out of your pocket, that it's uh, you start to just clamor up and not say anything. Like that's still pretty fucking ballsy to just be like." okay, you're not saying what we want you to say, so we're going to dog you for not saying it or for intending something else. So It's just, I got kind of frustrated with that. Like, so so, that, might, so uh, that might not have been the most tactful way to say it, but um, the I'm actually going to largely agree with that point. To, not to, So I'm going to preface this by saying I'm a big LeBron fan. I think LeBron does so much for... The world as a whole. I'm from Akron, Ohio. The I Promise School in Akron, Ohio alone makes LeBron probably one of the most philanthropic athletes who ever played any sport. As I'm going to preface it by saying that this does not, in my mind, this does very little to diminish the legacy that LeBron is uh, that LeBron has built for himself as a humanitarian. But especially when LeBron had been so outspoken about several other movements, whether it be the Donald Sterling movement, whether it be um, when someone told him to shut up and so the perfect shut example is someone told him to shut up and dribble. That's a direct note. You, I would not compare those two. One, it happened directly to him. The other one happened to somebody else, and they're asking him his opinion on what happened to somebody else and how it affects the rest of the league. What's happening when he was said shut up and dribble? That was directly to him. So he has but, a stake in the game. But 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 largely, is he not just saying shut up and GM? No, he's not. I, he's that, saying be informed on the issue. On and I don't, I don't think anyone's asked Daryl Morey what his information was on the issue other than he stands with Hong Kong. If, if Daryl Morey had come out and said something very ignorant, maybe we'd have one thing. But all Daryl Morey said was, fight for freedom, I stand with Hong Kong. And then, and then he said, and then he apologized and said, I was uneducated on the issue. And, I think, and then LeBron said, he said it himself, he was uneducated on the issue. Right. If you're not going to say that, I, I, if you I, don't believe that, don't say it. I'm just I saying. Think, I think. I think everyone can. Because see. he was overtly out against or like with Daryl Morey, I feel like people are looking at him like he's with. He's like with China, which I'm not saying he's not like a fan of China. Like the <laughs> the profits he's making of off China, like who wouldn't be? But I I think especially when you look at what China is doing as a whole, um, and I'm not listen. Maybe it's not his fight. Maybe he does. I think ah. Uh, Listen, I, if LeBron had said nothing, I think it would have been great. Or if LeBron had declined to comment, I think it would have been great. Because you know what? You can't fight every fight. But when you look at what China is doing as a whole to come out and uh, stop someone from saying that they support the uh, fights for freedom in Hong Kong, I don't think that stands up to the humanitarian views that LeBron has set out. And largely, especially, and this is the, I'm not saying that this is right or wrong, but I'm saying that this is how it appears to a lot of people that uh, he's been very outspoken in the Kaepernick disagreement, right? And I support Colin Kaepernick as well. And I think that he Some said that he has a stake in again well, as, a, as a black athlete in yeah. this today's culture. If he, if he sees injustice, so, it's something that he has a, like he can relate so, to. So if, but basically he's saying because I don't have a stake in this, I don't think anyone should have said something about it. Is how it, how it appears what he's saying. 
And I don't think that's right, especially when he's fought against. So he's he said, as a black athlete, I believe in this. I think all those all of you who are not black athletes should stand with me. And now that there's these people suffering injustice, and he's saying, well, I don't have a stake in it, so I really wish it didn't get said. Is how it, is how it appears to the public, right? And I once again. I'm still a big fan of LeBron. I still think he does a lot for the league. But personally, I really wish he had either said nothing or taken a stronger pro-free speech stance. Because I really do not like the idea that after all the fight he did to get uh, to get speech to athletes, to make sure that when someone sees injustice in the world, they are free to speak up about it and don't have to suffer the consequences, that he is now speaking out against someone who did the same. And the media is portraying it as he's trying to protect his own, like yeah. his income and whatnot. And I don't, I, I, and I, and I listen. I don't know if that's the case and whatnot. But also, one of the things he come, particularly in the outright case, uh, in the Kaepernick case, one of the things he came out and said was, "It doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter how much money is lost by the NFL. That this is what's right, and we need to stand for it." And it seemed, and I, I don't know what his motives are, but. It could almost seem a little hypocritical that now that it's his money, he wants to protect it and allow for human injustice. Because when you really look at what China is doing as a whole, do you know that China has 3 million Muslims in internment camps right now? Do you know that China won't allow major uh, religions uh, within there? Do you know that China is like... You can name a lot of bad things about China that I'm sure yeah. none of us know, yeah. which is fine because you've done a lot of research on it, so you're educated about the issue. But for those of us who aren't educated... I'm not going to go around saying what we should and shouldn't do or what we should and shouldn't say about certain things. All I'm saying is, with <laughs> who's to say that he wasn't concerned about his money when he was making these other stances? Like, who's going to stand against this? Who's going to stand against that? Maybe. <laughs> it I, just, I, I, I think if he was concerned about his, stance, uh, about his money on his other stances, it would really cheapen the message he made as a whole. How would we even know? Because he obviously right. didn't hurt him. Right. And so I'm not – listen, I'm not – I'm not trying to get into the motives. I'm trying to say this is how it seems to be perceived, and this is why I do not like what he's uh, like what he said. And I think at this point we've been talking about it for what feels like forever. Yeah. So just and I think it, at this point we're just gonna have to wait and see how it how it yeah how it plays out. So just I, to I run down over and be nothing. I think this is the because that's of what it is. So just to run down what it is on the NBA side. Adam Silver chest. put like an article out, or ESPN did. Um, the Chinese government asked Adam Silver to fire. Uh, Daryl Morey, uh, he said there's no chance that's happening. There's no chance we'll even discipline him. In terms of the NBA side, uh, Commissioner Silver said they've already been substantial financial losses, which to be expected, and I don't know how big of the I – know, I know China has a big market for the NBA. I'm not sure what percentage of the pie that is. Free to make free. That's um, all i got to say. But to like the media, it's looking like they're, the two sides are either you support your GM and you go against – the communist government in China and you lose financial stability there or you're siding with your money and you care more about money and then you'll in turn side with a communist government in China. And those, I think those are the two basic sides when it boils down to it. As Sam said, this could all just boil over and in a month, it, it is what it is. But as of right now, NBA is not being streamed in China or anything like that, it is still down as of 4 o'clock today. How so, would you know that, Nathan? Because I'm reading the ESPN <laughs> article. Alright, uh, I think we've just sort of talked about the hottest about this issue. thing that's going on in the NBA right now. It is, it is, but, you know. Besides a bunch of rookies looking real good in preseason. 
Does anyone have any worth mentioning? Um, a couple contracts getting thrown around. Uh, the GM picks came in today. Most yeah. GMs thought Clippers are going to win at all. Giannis will be MVP again. Hmm. Here's something fun. The new Suns coach is running what he calls a .5 second offense, which is when you get the ball, you have .5 seconds to decide what you're going to do. No one sits with the ball. So when you get the ball, you can pass, you can drive, you can shoot, but you cannot hold the ball. He does know Devin Booker's on his team, right? Yeah. Like, Devin Booker in that system right now is just such an ISO player. Yeah. It looks like so James Harden. There's, no, there's well, no way you can get Devin Booker well, well, to play that, .5 second well, offense. Well, no, but now he has playmakers around him. Now he can start actually the, – like, The addition of Ricky Rubio alone doesn't really make yeah, um, What about the addition of Dario Saric? What about the addition of having Cam Johnson as a shooter? What about the development of DeAndre Ayton? What about the uh, addition of Aaron Baines? I don't think they're going to – listen, do I think the Suns have a shot at making the playoffs this year? No, do I think the Suns are going to be better than last year? Hell yes. So I think he's trying to eliminate the post-ups, trying to eliminate mm-hmm. ankle uh, dribbling, dribbling, ISOing, trying to eliminate this, that, and the other. It could it could work, or it could tire the fuck out of your team, which... <laughs> and then in the fourth quarter, all you're going to see is Devin Booker ISOs. And your injury it's gonna happen might go up. Also, I think Devin Booker's going to have like a less impressive year than he's had in the past. Just because I think he's got more help. <laughs> and DeAndre Ayton started to become more of a, a factor in his second season. If he can stay on the floor, they were pulling Ayton last year because he was just such a liability on defense. You can't sub Baines for Ayton all game. They, pre- they like pretty that. much stopped doing that by the end of the year. He got more to defense in the second half of the year. And I think he, he might have a great. less impressive volume stat year, but I think his efficiency is only going to go up. Yeah, that, that's fair. How many times to watch him, too? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, I, I, I think it's going to be a lot of the same. Uh, do you guys have any teams that you're low-key excited to see? Like, I know you're besides, the, Pel- besides the Pelicans. Pelicans Suns. Low-key. That's kind of more high-key. Low-key. I know I'm that's gonna, I, fucking right, Jordan Seibert. I know you can I'm have a 12 OKC minutes fan. Four for six, I'm low-key excited to see how OKC functions this year. Yeah. Just because I feel somewhere, maybe it's just the fan in me, but... Do you think Chris Paul ends the season there? Uh, yeah. You know what? I think he does. Do you think Danilo Gallinari ends the season? I think it's more likely that Drummond ends the season in Detroit than Chris Paul ends it in Oklahoma City. I know you two are big proponents on trading Drummond, but I think he's going to be in. The, I think he's no, going to be. I, in I, Detroit. Want to, I don't I, think I, they're. Going I, I don't think they're going to. I just think it'd be the right move. Yeah, I think they're. I think cool. they're. I think they're committed to him. Yep. Kobe White at twenty nine points tonight. Like that kid's attitude. Damn. He's got a great on, on 10 of 14 shooting. It's no Jordan Seibert, 4 for 6 tonight, ladies and gentlemen, in hey, 12 minutes. That's what's up, boy. Uh, These NBA height changes got me kind of fun. Like, yeah, they're fun. JJ Barrett, sorry, man. You are no 6-footer. You are 5'10". Oh, no. But then they go, like, Christoph Porzingis, he wasn't 7'3". He's actually 7'2 and a half. Wow. They showed <laughs> us. <laughs> Thanks. But actually, Boban Marchanovich, he's 7'4", not 7'3". Hell yeah, he is. <laughs> Dwight went from 6'11 to 6'9 Dwight Howard? Yeah uh, Kemba Walker Wasn't, I honestly like, wasn't he 7 foot when he started the league or something? Honestly like I think it's because the back surgeries dude Like I believe he shrunk Was he t- been taking that. a couple vertebrae? Maybe um, He's only got 4 lumbar now Kemba Walker 6'1 down to 5'11 KD of course went up to 6'10 
Really? Because I thought he was seven foot. Like, literally, like, that's just how everyone's like, oh, it's seven foot, you can shoot. Like, no, he's 6'10". Kyrie's an inch shorter. Derrick Rose is two inches shorter. Both 6'1". Or no, sorry. Derrick Rose 6'1". Kyrie 6'2". Draymond was 6'7". He's actually 6'5", which is crazy because he was locking up those centers. Dude, and the Celtics love Graham Williams out of Tennessee for that exact role. 6'7", 240. Guys, just a bulldog. They're like, yeah. he might play some solid center minutes for the Celtics if Robert yeah. Williams and Enos Cantor don't work well, out as Especially well. because now that those are – Robert Williams with a little bit of defense. Enos Cantor might be the worst defensive center who gets real minutes in the NBA. He's a great offensive center. He scores with the best of them. He's so bad on defense. He he, he, he played did, well in the playoffs. He, last yeah, year. he did he hold his own. Him, but like regular season. Yeah. Maybe just because of all the cheeseburgers he ate in New York. Yeah. But not during Ramadan. Right. Still pisses me off. Anyway. anyway. Anyone else have any more? I'm, I'm all tapped out. I'm just trying to, like Mason said, a team you're really excited, low-key excited for. I'm just looking up and down, and you can obviously say all the, the stud rookie teams, King, you know. Kings will be cool. Kings will be cool. I'm I, excited I, to actually watch the Warriors. I, wa- I want to see John yeah. Moran do really well. I'd love to see John Moran just pop this year. Yeah. Grizzlies could be a fun team. But, a couple years, yeah. Guys, it's only five days away. Almost less than that now. Yeah. We get a good lineup for day one, too. Can't wait. I'm just sitting my ass on the couch and not doing anything. So I don't have to work that night. Nice. Thank God NBA starts on a Tuesday. <laughs> all right. I think that wraps everything up. Thank you all for listening. Peace.